Hello, my name is Ben Russell, and you are listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And I will be talking about all my little bugaboos, my two biggest bugaboos in improv and coaching and doing improv. Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Ronnie. Hello, my friends. Welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for being here. Let's get on with it. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Ben Russell. Ben is a teacher, coach, and performer at the Improv Conspiracy. He's also an actor, writer, and comedian, and a host of the Grub Podcast. If you like podcasts, that's a great one. It's a good sketch comedy podcast. Find it on your favorite podcast app, probably where you found this. In fact, you could search that podcast app for uh, just Ben's name and you'll find a bunch of podcasts that he either hosts or is a guest on, uh, except for The Most Important Step with Ben Russell, which I believe is a different Ben Russell, unless Ben is uh, working on a new character who only talks about business and is very convincingly uh, American, which is probably true. I don't know. It could be true. Uh, today in the episode, Ben talks about some bugaboos, as he calls them, some notes that he gives over and over, and that gives way to a conversation uh, about a few things that uh, we both notice that uh, we think maybe makes uh, for an unhelpful contribution to your improv. Um, also, uh, we get the suggestion tobacco for the second week in a row, and just FYI, I use an app to get my suggestions. I'm not just thinking about tobacco all the time. And what else do I need to tell you? Um, oh, that's right. The scene goes a little blue. All right. And like, that's fine. I think it's fine. I think you can forgive us based on the math of how we get there. It comes up organically. But I think it's just the first time that this show's scene has gone in that direction. So I don't know if you, I don't know, you might listen to this with kids because you and your family are learning improv together or something. And look, maybe you're totally cool with it. Just letting you know in case. Okay. Anyway, let's do it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the notes that I give the most that make me feel crazy because I give them so much. There's something with TIC at the moment that I feel like we just love, and it's not endemic to TIC. It happened at IO as well, and it was something that a lot of the teachers were pissed off about. But there's this thing about manufacturing conflict and thinking that that is scene work and improv when I feel like it's the exact antithesis to what you are expected to do and what you've been told. The first thing we learn is yes and, and then that slowly gets chipped away with all this theory bullshit and rules and gets confused and then I see so many students and I see so many ensemble members that are just, if you come with, come at me with like a, a shitty joke, you better make sure it's funny. If you come with me, with me with a conflict, you better make sure that you are good enough to not let it take over and not let it become a business bullshit scene. Like I've seen thousands and thousands of times over. And the fact is, this is some this is some cold hard facts is that most 
most people are just not good enough. It's like going, I want to do stand-up, so I'm going to immediately talk about Hitler. Start slow. Start with what's the deal with airplane food and then work up. I don't understand why you want to make this so much more difficult for yourself when you first start out. It doesn't make any sense. Just because you've seen someone do it and it's worked doesn't mean you have to do it. It's far easier and ultimately better in the long run if you just fucking get on board. We have somehow fixated that there's only one type of conflict and that is between two people you and me and we're gonna i'm gonna say one thing and i'm gonna go and then the other person's gonna go hang on that's crazy and what they've really said is no i'm gonna grind this fucking scene to a halt and we're not gonna get anything done and i'm not gonna know anything about you as a character uh because we we're gonna have to deal with this first instead of going out into the open and i get it because it's quite scary out in the open because we have to improvise. Whereas here we don't have to improvise. We can just stay on stage and talk shit. And the, the, you know, the improv conspiracy audiences will still laugh at it because they love improv. But just because an audience is laughing at something does not mean that you are doing a good job. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just get the fuck on board. I don't get it. I don't get why you want to stop and deal with something that has been seen over and over again and not just be like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to sort this out. We don't have time for that. We, that's not what we're doing here. We're not doing dramatic theater improv. And if we are, then get, kill me right now. We're doing, we're doing comedic improv. Chicago style comedy improv. That's what we're doing. And and saying no and creating bullshit conflict that makes no sense gets in the way of your character. It gets in the way of your fun. It gets in the way of actually improvising. So if we were to just react positively towards something instead of negatively and shutting things down to try and control it so we don't have to improvise, then that fear will give way to fun and enjoyment and we'll end up having much so much more fun and i'm of the strong school of thought that if you are having fun it directly translates to the audience and they will start having fun so i'm not sure i think somewhere along the way of when people do straight absurd they teach that i think uh uh, we get it in our minds that every scene has to have one person that's crazy and one person that's hey we gotta, we gotta act normal. <laughs> Listen, we gotta not be crazy and act normal. I mean, straight up, you don't have to do that. Straight absurd is uh, status, it's energy, and it's also one of the many tools. It's not a cold hard fact that every scene has to have. And you are the creator of the world. You dictate the rules of that world if this world is an absurd world where this happens then it's completely normal see what happens there accept it go go with the flow so i mean that's my i think that's one of my primary notes that i give is people fighting and turning it into business and i think which sort of leads me on to the second note that i give which is all about business and business is just meaningless action 
oh, we got to, you got, I'm going to start this scene and I'm going to give a whole bunch of boring boxes that I'm going to have to get the person to tick. So again, it, it's a roadblock that we put up for ourselves to control so that we don't have to improvise and make up a character and we can just kind of go up as ourselves and say, oh, I'm building an, I'm building a cake. Let's build it together. Oh, let, tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you how to make this cake. That's cool. That is like, I would say 50, it's a, quite a big percentage of scenes. I would say almost 50% of scenes on Harold Knight are entirely too business heavy. And what do we know about that character? That's why people, I think, have a lot of trouble in their second beats of Harold is because they get to the second beat and go, wait, all my character did was bake a cake or like make plans to do something. So now I'll just have to make a direct scene a scene that's directly linked or we can map something different onto this scene but i'm not going to really change it enough but there wasn't anything there like you don't know anything about the character you don't have any kind of fun beats you just have a to-do list that you have to check off and it's it gets tedious and after a while you i get quite tired of giving the same note So when you say business, you're talking like things that you think the improviser thinks that they're supposed to do. Yeah. When was the last, like, sure, we made plans to make this meeting and I was late. (laughs) But like, when was the last time you talked and you just like, you talked with a friend and you didn't just talk about fucking nonsense for a large part of it. Like you just kind of riff and you enjoy what they're saying and you listen you react and if something's shiny from what they say you can sort of go after that and that will be enjoyable you have to go for that fun part you have to follow the fun that's a kind of rule that was drilled into us ad nauseum so i don't understand and with business you have no chance of that yeah just it just again sort of blocks any chance you can of just like sitting back a scene about nothing what a wonderful thing. And no one in the audience is like, well, n- that isn't an improviser, I guess, is looking for the internal uh, technicalities of what you're doing. They're just looking, because the fun is infectious. They're looking for that fun thing. Yeah, exa- exactly. And usually we have started the scene with some kind of what and where and hopefully who. And that's kind of like, do those things up top. And then just if you just you reuse what you have you know, to begin with. So if you have that, this big sort of like premise or big offer at the start, you just eat that. And that is enough to pull you through the scene instead of you going, we have to do this. This is what we have to do. Mm. And I'm pushing, I'm pushing forcefully this scene uphill instead of going, here it is, deal with, let's just, let's just do that. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Anything that comes up, let's go for that and explore that. It's a microcosm. I mean, the the opening of a Herald is a microcosm for any scene work, really, because you find something, you explore it until you don't want to explore it any longer, and then you move on to something that you found while exploring, and then you explore that, and then you move on to something that you found while you're exploring that, and then that's it, you know? So 
I mean, that's we can talk about theory as much as you want. You can talk about status and all this bullshit. I mean, it's, it's quite helpful and interesting. But when this, when you're out there, you need to be able to sort of just go with the flow and enjoy yourself. And for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned um, straight absurd in this because. I find that as soon as someone has been clued on to that uh, being something that exists in theory, they a lot of improvisers tend to like search for that unusual thing to put conflict on. Mm. Uh, they're not listening for something that actually is a bit of a left turn from the scene. They're just like first chance they get to have a problem, they're going to have it. Yeah, because they think that that's the that their job is that. Yeah, it's the soulless pop music of improv mm. Mm. you're not actually improvising you're just trying to follow a formula yeah and they also tend to like knee jerk into like i try to make the distinction between conflict and argument like you can be like a conflict could be uh, a kid a, a person starts a scene they've they've got a pimple on their first day of high school and the mum and the kid uh like both lamenting having to go to school together, right? They're in conflict. Yeah. You've got you've got two other you've got two other conflicts to work with. You've got uh conflict with yourself and conflict with your environment and world, which are just as exciting. Mm. And you can have both characters sharing the same side. Exactly. It just f- will flow a lot easier, and you can still have your straight absurd, you know, in there if you want a flavor to, you know, if you want to. But also, the straight doesn't need to be argumentative, right? You can you can be like, "Hey, man, I love you," but that, but what you what you just said is <laughs> wild. <laughs> exactly, and the straight person can be the straight person in the context of their world as well. So just because you think that you have been delegated or you have assumed the straight person role uh doesn't give you an excuse not to be funny (laughs) (laughs) if you can't be funny in a straight person role then you don't deserve to be funny in the (laughs) person role (laughs) well some people are like they are sad that they played the straight role for a whole show or something and it's like well, no, also this, the, every laugh should be a shared laugh. Like those laughs yeah. don't exist without you doing yeah, that there's job. this individualistic bullshit that has no place within a team environment. Mm-hmm. I didn't get enough stage time. I didn't, I played the straight person. Why are you complaining about this thing that is completely on you? But also if the show is good, then you did your job. Yeah. And I loved what you said too about fun being infectious for the audience. Like the audience is just there to want to have a good time. And, Hmm. um, the worst thing, like I, no one wants to see someone try to improvise. They want to see people just improvising, just doing it. Hmm. And the worst thing for me is watching someone who's like trying to get it right or trying to step through the steps of a scene when really I just want them to be trying to make each other delighted yeah just have fuck with people and enjoy enjoy your time you can do anything you want but people get into their get into this sort of loop that they have to do things a certain way and you don't as long as it works then you i will never 
I'll never pull you up on it. If it mm-hmm. doesn't work, then you will get the note. Yeah. And what did, what did you mean when you said just because they're laughing doesn't mean you're doing a good job? Because I think that uh, improv conspiracy audiences are so nice. Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not the, it's not the real world. <laughs> it's this wonderful, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I fucking love it. I yeah. think that it's wonderful. Yeah. And I know that all, you know, a lot of other comedians that have played there for the first time, they've been like, this is amazing this is so good yeah it's really good and it's something to be a proud of and be treasure mm-hmm. but i think that it can uh some younger inexperienced people can perhaps seduce them to thinking that they are a certain level that mm. they are not mm-hmm. yeah i really early on like in my uh, like 18 months into improv for me I'd only performed at TIC and then we did Perth fringe and uh, the opening night for us, it was like a full packed out house Mm. and it was just like crickets in there the entire time. Yeah. And I got out of that show and I was like, Oh, we don't make any sense and we aren't funny and we're not good at this. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like the, one of the greatest experiences because I was like, Oh, I actually, I need to get (laughs) better at this. Because uh, I'd yeah. been I'd been convinced that I was already good at it, and I was just nowhere near that. Yeah, bombing is a fact of life. Yeah, as a, a, in any comedy avenue, mm. I think that you know the more that you do it, the more chances you will have that you bomb. And I think that those failures are just as important as those wins. Mm. I've For I've sure. personally learned I've failed more times than I've won, but also I've learned every time that I've failed. Yeah, like, yeah. So that's very cliche bullshit, I know. But you really can't afford to be afraid of that shit with improv, especially because it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, that's the, be- that's the wonderful thing about improv. And it's also the frustrating thing sometimes is that you can do the worst show of your life uh, and then you get off stage and it, it doesn't matter. But you can also do the best show of your life and... You get on stage and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So no one gives a shit about it. <laughs> no. And and it's kind of ephemeral and it once yeah. it's done, it's done. Yeah. It's never to be seen again. You yeah. can, and it's it, it's one of those things that you kind of immediately forget, start forgetting as well, like a dream. Mm. So I mean and I personally I mm, tough one. I would rather see oh I might eat my words at this, but I would rather see bad uh, that's tough. Bad improv than I would bad stand up. Mm-hmm. But with the caveat is that usually bad stand ups are only five minutes and bad <laughs> yeah, you got to sit through a lot of bad last improv. twenty minutes. <laughs> um, the thing that annoys me about that those two different things is uh, someone who's never seen stand up. If they see a, st- a bad stand up, they don't write off the entire art form. But hmm. someone who's never seen improv, if they see some bad improv, they'll just write off improv for the rest of eternity they're just like oh improv it's that's bad yeah sure but that, those, that frustrates me yeah that's frustrating definitely but also fuck them <laughs> i mean you know it's it's improv i don't give a shit i don't give a shit it's not for you <laughs> yeah. it's for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> improv is more fun to do than it is to watch yeah, <laughs> <This isn't true. laughs> I don't know. 
I like what I do. Really good improv is quite exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a funny thing. I think people just get too mathematical about the whole mm. thing mm-hmm. when it's not, it's not mathematical at all. It's a feeling. It's a, a vibe. Yeah. It's, it's theater. So you have to be a little artsy fartsy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. Great passionate ranting. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> now for a practical nugget. Talk, talk about how you feel about something, I guess, more than, you know, talk about talking about it itself. The feeling and the emotion, and this is my theatery, arty farty stuff, your emotion is the only really, and how you feel about something is the only reason why we're watching. Everything else has been done. All other business has been completed millions of times in tiny little stages to big, huge stages across the world. Um, and what you're doing is no different than that, but what you are doing that is different is that emotion. So, and if you want to be extra cool, you have positive emotions and then your scene partner gets on board with those positive emotions and the scene goes up and up and up. How good, how good and refreshing is uh, watching a scene between two friends who like each other and are happy? <laughs> oh my God. That's a, that's a rare unicorn indeed. <laughs> All right. Our suggestion is tobacco. Yeah. Uh, sorry, are you open? Oh, open. <laughs> I've been open for years now. 10, 12 years, this shop has been open, selling the finest of tobacco to passers-by like yourself. Well, that's, that's great. Are you like open for business now in these hours? I don't mean are you, since you, are you established, I understand that. Open, close? What's the difference? I'm always here. Okay. You must be from the city. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I'm taking a little trip with my wife and three kitties. Oh, yes. They don't know I smoke, though, so... <laughs> you keep a little secret. Yeah, I, I, t- I told them this was a candy shop. Oh, well... It, I don't suppose you got some candy behind there as well. I got some... I got a little chocolate. But it is tobacco chocolate. Everything in this shop is tobacco. That is why it is called. Everything in this shop is tobacco. I am not good at naming things. That's not part of the title. That is... I mean... If I'm an honest man, uh, I would say actually it's a title that I appreciated because I know what I'm getting. You got the eyes of an honest man. You got the kind blue eyes that I just want to dive on into, swim around in, and say, anyone else want to come into the pool? But no one else wants to come into the pool. They've all been we were they've been in the pool already. They spent all day in there. It's nighttime. You need to get out of that pool. But now it's your turn in the pool. But it's always my Please get in this pool. You can wee in this pool if you want. <laughs> you want me to <laughs> wee in your eye pool? Please, please wee on my face. <laughs> I knew you was from the city the moment I seen you. Hey, hey, I got, I got strange desires. I know that. Well, I tell you what, if you can guess where this tobacco is from, I will piss in your face. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> take a look at this. They they wouldn't have you wouldn't have seen this out in the city, but uh, take a look at this. Mm. What do you make of that? Oh, it smells good. I'm gonna say that. That's fine. Describe to me what you're smelling. I, I smell rosemary. Yeah, you got rosemary. some rosemary in there. Yeah, there's a little bit of rosemary. You're in infusing there. that with rosemary. I do a little bit of infusion myself. Yes. Mm. I smell. I smell oak. Okay. Is that? That's, I'm not getting pissed on. No, they are, they are, no, 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 no. I mean, I said where it's from. You know, whether there's oak or not in it, that's fine. Oh, I mean, okay. It's up to your own, your own individual palate. There's no right or wrong answers for. Right. Okay. For okay. Palate, so I don't want to freak you out. Um. Yeah. No. I just. It's, it's I don't high. Freak you out. No. It's just high stakes for me right now because I know what I want and I'm just worried I won't get it. So. Oh, don't worry. You. You look like you know what. You know where this is from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Yeah. I think this is Louisiana tobacco. You better get down on your knees. <laughs> uh, all right. You have a great day. Yeah, you too, man. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. There you have my friends. That was Ben Russell. Remember, if you enjoyed uh, hearing Ben chat or hearing him do that silly Zoom improv scene. Um, you can check out more from him on the Grub podcast, which you can get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's very easy to find. It features him, Ann Edmonds, and Greg Larson. It's a good time. I'm not just saying it because he's... Well, I am just saying it because he's on the show. Um, but if you ask me in the street for a podcast recommendation, it'd be on the list. So, you know, there you go. Okay. Believe me, let's let's do it. Let's all let's all go listen to the latest episode of the Grub. Great. Um, that's all from me. I'll be back next week. Please rate and review the show if you like it, and I'll speak to you soon via this medium or if you email. Bye.